Bethel family, my name is Miley, and we're so glad you're here with us today. If this is your first time, we'd like to welcome you. Please join us at our welcome lounge in the courtyard or in the lobby at the Kahala campus. Again, thanks for coming, and here are some upcoming events going on at our church. Scared, worried, terrified, unsure, miserable, depressed, hopeless, stressed, confused, burdened, lonely, guilty, annoyed, and I felt like that I could never really change. Now that I'm out of debt, I feel a freedom I haven't felt in 15 years. We paid off $18,750 and we are finally free. <laughs> we're the Kirk family and, and we're, we're debt free. Life is, a, is no longer a challenge. Life is great. We get excited when we talk about money. I'm not going to do the dance. You don't want me jumping up and down. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even imagine my life could be like this. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. everybody doing? Thank you for being here this morning. Good to be with you. Pastor Carl and Pastor Kanani are on the mainland finishing up their vacation. They'll be back next week. I was, it was awesome to be uh, with them in Phoenix, but uh, is it a beautiful morning in Hawaii or what? 
I'm going to be talking about gifts this morning and what a gift it is for us to be living in Hawaii. Anybody live in Phoenix? Ever have lived in Phoenix? Uh, My condolences. (laughs) Let's pray for It was like 107 in the shade. So I'm sure it's a beautiful town in some part of the year. I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't offend you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But wow, what a beautiful morning. And Pastor Carl and Kanani will be back next week, but when the cat's away, the mice will play. And we're about doing that this morning. Good job, Mel, and all the team back there to get those commercials up. They were frantic trying to get something on that screen. It's tough to worship when there's no words. She is awesome. And, you know, I mean, it was, it's hard to worship without words, but sometimes, you know, you got to really dig, dig deep and remember the words because the words are about speak, uh, worshiping God. They are absolutely a cry to the Lord. Lord, thank you for being a part of my life. But can I just tell you a couple of things that was going on that screen there, just to bring them to attention. The first is the food bank. Uh, I oversee a ministry around here, and there's a bunch of other people that are on my team, and we do everything that happens off the campus called Church Alive. And uh, we, we, you know, we did Compassion, and we went out off the chart. We did almost 700 kids. Unbelievable. I, you know, can I just tell you, as a church body, we're not a wealthy church, but we are a generous church. I mean, from a, from a staff point, uh, person's point of view, you guys are, are unbelievable. I mean, when we did the shoeboxes, we did 3,000 shoeboxes. I mean, the next person wasn't even a close second, but it wasn't about numbers so much, but your generosity. And I know, by, by the way, I know the Lord blesses you back for that. When Elwin Ahu and, um, and uh, Joe Onasai started their church in the last two years, we have no real strong connection to those two men except for the strongest desire to plant churches. And when we came to you and said, hey, would you support these guys? I, I mean, they cried when they received the check from us. It was so great. I mean, when you give Joe Onasai $30,000 and said, we believe in you, man. He was crying. I mean, I'm choked up now. Watch a big, the, he was the strongest man in Hawaii. He won the strongest man contest in Hawaii. So we're not talking about a little a runt like me. We're talking about a guy, when he shows up, you know, the sun, the shadow moves. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk to you about, and so thank you, but we're going to do the, uh, we're going to be collecting cans. And I know that, you know, we do things that really pertain to the gospel, and this definitely doesn't lead to a salvation. But you know what? In 2012, no one, no one should go hungry. No one. And many of our ministries around here, we have ministries in the village and other places who tap into the food bank to receive food to give away. So because we're such a giving church, we wanted to pick something that when we move the dial, we move the dial. So if you would be a part of that, we're going to do it all month. And also financial peace, we're going to be doing that. starts at the end of the month. I just want to make sure that you realize that if you, the biggest fights that my wife and I have ever been in, and I bet you too, is over finances, you know, I'm a real savior. I don't spend a penny. Where's my wife? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's the, that's the farthest thing from the truth. I am an impulsive spender. Today, after FPU, I do not carry a credit card or a debit card because, you know, the temptation is too great. You know, I'm the guy that goes to the, the mall to eat at the food cart, and I go through Macy's, having fully intended, why was I going to the mall? To eat. But you would believe how many stores and things I could buy between now and the food court. So, but you know what? We decided to get our finances under control several years ago through financial peace. That was when my daughter and Trevor were going to get married, and we had committed to pay, to pay for that wedding without going in debt. So we used the tools that we learned from financial peace and Dave Ramsey 
And I want you to know it'll change your life because it surely changed mine. But it takes a commitment. And if you'd like to know more about that, just show back up here at 1 o'clock today or tomorrow at 6.30, and we'll give you about a 20-minute preview of the 10-week program that's going to happen because it does take a, time, a, a commitment of time, and we want you to make sure you hang out with that, okay? Everything good? Okay, enough said. Everybody take a deep breath. Deep. Okay, let it out. Let's do it one more time. Okay, enough of these commercials. Let's pray. Let's, let's really get into the Word and pray this morning. Lord, we didn't come to hear me talk. We came to hear you speak to us, Lord. And that is absolutely our greatest desire this morning, is that you'd speak to us clearly, Lord, that we would hear you clearly, Lord, and that we'd love you more deeply. Lord, that we'd know you more intimately, and that we'd serve you more passionately, Lord. And Lord, if some of us come in, came into this room t today, Lord, and the enemy was really after them, Lord, and I pray right now in Jesus' name, whatever would be distracting our mind from hearing your voice clearly this morning, Lord, we lay it at your feet, Lord, and we ask you to take it. Allow us to open our minds clearly to you this morning so that you are speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, or turn on your iPads or iPhones, get into the Word this morning. I hope you brought something that brings the Word to you. Because if you go, came here this morning without your Bible or your iPhone or your iPad, it's like going golfing without golf clubs. You came here to study the Word. I hope you do bring your, the Word with you. We're in Corinthians, and it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church that he started two years previous. He's telling the church, you know, when, you do, when you're having uh, assemblies and you're doing these things, this is the best way to do it. And Paul was talking to a church that he started that in a culture where the culture was really moving far away from God. They're pushing God. They're returning a much more secular community as well as just living on their own. They thought they were the smartest people on the planet. They were in Greece and Corinth. They thought, the Greeks thought, oh man, I've got it all together. And they thought they had greater wisdom than anything. And so they're living on their own abilities. They're pushing God out. Does it remind you of anywhere you might be living today? So just in case you thought the word was, you know, 2,000 years old, old and ancient, I want you to know that when Paul writes, when Jesus talks to us through Paul's letters, he's talking to us today. And I want you to know what he has to say to us today is important. I entitled the message, You're Gifted for Greatness. Gifted for Greatness. And you know what? When we we're talking about this, we're talking about a God who lavishes unbelievable, spectacular, miraculous gifts on you. You are a gift. And I want you to know, too, God doesn't want us to take these gifts for granted and leave them and not open because I want you to know you're a gift. The very person of you, that you are, God said, I created you personally, lovingly, carefully, purposely, I made you. In, in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he had planned for us long ago. The word masterpiece in the original language meant a piece of a work of art. In other words, picture God. He's creating you. He's creating Matt Vidick, and he's going, this is just the person I made him to be. He looked back and said, this is perfect. And you know, by the way, it says in Psalm 139, let me read it to you. In Psalm 139, I don't think it's going to come up, but this is what it says, 139, uh, chapter thir uh, verse 13. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me while I was being informed in other seclusion. 
As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. What we just read is that God created you uniquely you. The way he made you is exactly the person he wanted you to be. So if you're ever beating yourself up in the mirror going, man, I sure I wished I looked like that person. Or I wished I was as smart as that person. I wish I was as tall as that person. I wish I had that color, hair color, although you can change that anytime you want. If you thought you were somebody else or wish you were somebody else, that is right from the pit of hell. Also, if you're thinking that what we just read is that God loves you, he can't love you more than he, you can right, he does right now. If you've done something and you feel like I am far from God, God couldn't possibly love you, I want you to know that too is a lie from the pit of hell because he couldn't love you more now, tomorrow, than he does at any time. His love with you is unchangeable. He couldn't love you more deeply. So, so when, when you think of yourself and look at yourself in the mirror, you have to understand you're a gift from God. When I realize, you know, when I get in a fight with my wife, I'm sure you guys never do, but I might have once or twice. You know what? When I think, wait, God really reveals it to me. Wait, you're, you're talking to a gift I gave you. Wise up, buddy. Do you ever think of your spouse as a gift? Do you ever think of your best friend, your boyfriend or girlfriend, your parents as a gift? Because let me tell you, they are. And that's how God sees it. And when we get to heaven someday, God's going to go, what did you do with the gifts I've given you? That's it. How about your friends? I am so blessed to have great friends in my life. You guys, I look, I mean, you guys enrich my life. I know most of you in this room. You know, I've had friends for many times. John and Faye Wadley are joining at my house right now. I so love God for giving me them. But your friends are, your, are, are gifts from you. You know what else happened? When you came to Christ, he died for you. He gave you a gift of his son. He not only gave you his gift of his son, he gave you eternal life. In Romans 6.23, it says this, for the wages of sin are death, but... The free gift, gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That means what we're living right here is only a blip on the schedule of eternity with him. That means when we face death, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. It also says that when he, we came to him and we allowed him into our heart, he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. It says, too, in Romans 5, 5, it says, For we know how dearly God loved us because he gave us his Holy Spirit to come and be with us. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, to guide you. In fact, when he came into his, in your heart, he changed the very person that you are. The person you were before the Holy Spirit came and you came to Christ and the person you are now are completely two different people. He washed you with his blood and his love. That is a gift. And it also says that we're going to talk about today, he gave you spiritual gifts. It says this in Romans 12, 10, it says, by his grace, God has given each of us different gifts to do certain things well. And in 1 Peter 2, 10, uh, 4, 10, it says, God has given each of us gifts from his great variety of gifts so that we could change other people's lives. And that's what we're talking about today, spiritual gifts. So if you would turn... You're already there, 1 Corinthians 12. Look, look at verse 1, if you would, with me. Verse 1. First Corinthians, Paul's talking. He says, dear brothers and sisters. When he says that, it's talking about out of a reverence for us, his believers. 
Regarding the question of spiritual abilities, that's what your translation might say, but some of them will say spiritual gifts. It's the same word in the original language. About the question about spiritual gifts the Spirit has given us, I don't want you to misunderstand. So right there, we need to stop and say, well, we need to understand. Paul's telling us, I don't want you to be underwear. I, don't, I want you to discern this. I want you to know this. I want you to believe this. That's what he's saying. But before we can really talk about what they are, I think we should talk about what they're not. Because sometimes we confuse them. First and foremost, I think we think, oh, man, he's such a gifted person. Isn't he awesome? That talks about your personality, and personality is not a spiritual gift. Remember what I just read in Psalm 139? It says that you, we are all wonderfully complex. That speaks exactly to our pers personality. How many folks are in here have a significant marriage or significant relationship in their life? Raise your hand. Okay, most of us. How many would say the person sitting next to them or that person I was just speaking of is wonderfully complex? Yeah, that's what I thought. By the way, you're a mystery to yourself. Don't we do things and say things and go, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Well, that's talking about our personality. When it says we're wonderfully complex, then we are. That's talking about our personality. Now, our personality is the vehicle the Holy Spirit uses to express our spiritual gifts. So if you're an outgoing, like I'm, Frank, wouldn't, he would be an introvert, wouldn't you say? <laughs> so like, if you're like Frank, to the extreme, to the max on steroids, or if you're just an outgoing person that you like people, and you like being around people, you're going to express your gift that way. If you're more of a reserved, a quiet, reserved, uh, refined person that likes to be, you know, not so much in the spotlight, but, is, you know, that's a, the Lord's going to use your gifts amazingly. Some people think that, oh, I wish I was that person. Again, I want you to know God made you just the way you are. When you walked in this morning and you saw the people walking in, when they greeted you, do you feel warmly greeted when you walk into Hope Chapel, Conway Bay? Let's try that again. Do <laughs> you feel greeted when we walk into Hope Chapel, Conway Bay? Yes. But those are really loving people. You know, they, they, they have the gift to give you this morning of their warmth. You know, and the, other, the next gift the Lord's given us is the gift of our talents. Some of us think that uh, those are spiritual gifts. Those are not. Those come from natural ability. Some of us are great salesmen. Some guys are great real estate folks, you know. Great electricians, you know, we, we, we have our great architects, great attorneys, great moms, great dads. Those are our roles, and those are our, uh, our talents, but that's not what we're talking about, spiritual gift. That comes from a natural ability. Spiritual gifts comes from a supernatural ability. And another thing they're not is they're not fruit of the Spirit. You know, the, one, the ones in Galatians 5 where it says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are not spiritual gifts. That's the very essence of the character the Lord wants us to have. That speaks of our character. When the Holy Spirit came into us, that's what the Holy Spirit gave us, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, rather, the fruit of the Spirit, so that we would be washed with his love, that we would be able to look at other people and other people would look at us and they would see the change in us. They would see the gentleness. They would see the love. They would see the joy. They would see the kindness, the goodness. They would see the faithfulness and our ability to have self-control. And lastly, what a, a, a spiritual gift cannot happen unless you've come to a place where you said, Jesus, come into my heart and change my life. You cannot do that. The Lord has to come in because it says when he came in, he gave it to us. But we have to say at some point, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. 
And that's what it says in verse 2. Check it out, 1 Corinthians 12, chapter. It says, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along by worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is before Christ, we did our things our way, on our time, any way we wanted to do it. And when Jesus came in our life, he changed our perspective. He changed the very core of who we are because we went from doing it our way to now looking to serve and help others. Because when you were saved, he said, I'm changing your perspective. I'm changing what I want you to do in life. I want you to, your friends and family, I wrote it like this. It says this, when God chooses you to be one of his children, he did so that you could change the world he put you in that people's lives would never be the same because the Holy Spirit and you showed up. Your family, your friends, your coworkers, neighbors, and your church family will see God through you and the supernatural gifts he's given you. When we came to the Lord, we became a part of, let's say it, I say it this way, we became part of the people business where, we, where people's lives being changed around us. That's why God saved us to save others. Here's our definition. Here's the most theological in the message version of what a spiritual gift is. It says this. I I say this. A God-given special ability to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit to share his love and strengthen the body of Christ and the people around them. And this gift I want you to know is not for you to keep for yourself. It's not something that you keep. It's something that you allowed to unwrap and give to others. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a house where Christmas was a big deal. Anybody ever been to my house at Christmas? Kind of go along with that. My mom was into Christmas, and she would, the whole house would be decorated, and every, every Christmas my, my twin brother and I would race into the into the living room, and there'd be a mountain of gifts. Now, I grew up in a not a very wealthy family, but my mom would make sure that, man, she would just, and you know what I realized after I started having chilling, my wife and I started having chilling, then we would kind of carry that tradition along, so we wanted to have that mountain too. But not expensive, yes, but we love to see the wonder of our kids' faces as they open those gifts, the excitement of discovery, and, and the appreciation that came with that gift. And that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do as we discover this morning what our spiritual gifts are. I can picture God's understanding of that when he sees us light up as we appreciate and discover the gifts we got and given. And in verse 4, it talks about that, the, the real need for the gifts and how the God wants us to use those gifts. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. And the word gifts here in the original word is charismata, which means grace. There are different abilities I've given you so you could grace others. But it's the same spirit that is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. And in in the original world, this is the word diakonos, which means ministry. There are different types of ministry. Many of you thought, oh, the ministry is just for the paid staff. No, that's not what it's talking about at all. And in fact, in in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, where Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, he says, I've given to the church pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles, so that they would equip the body to do the ministry. So what the Lord is saying is, each one of us has a ministry. It says this, 
And God works in different ways or effects. It means that when we get into a situation because of our unique personality, we're going to affect that differently than the person next to you. But it's the same God that works through us all. And that word work there in the original language means that he gives us the energy and the power to do whatever he asks. Let me, say, let me use this illustration. Some of you might have heard it if you've gone through my shape class, but like Mike Kai says, a good illustration is like a good love song. It never loses its effect. But when I first came to, uh, to work for Hope Chapel, I, really, I must submit, I wasn't really sure what spiritual gifts were. For sure I wasn't sure of mine, and I really never really related to the whole idea of gifts strongly. But then one time, one, the second day I was working there, it powerfully hit me how the Lord uses us and our spiritual gifts. The word says, too, that he never allows us to do anything more than we can handle. That means any time he gives you an assignment, he's going to show up with whatever you need to handle that. Let me tell you the story. The second day at work at Hope Chapel, back there, this one before the earth was cooling, many years ago, 26 to be exact, on staff at the time was Pastor Ralph Moore, Pastor Aaron Suzuki, and Pastor John Honnold, and they hired me. And there was a secretary and a, and a bookkeeper. And the three pastors were out to lunch. Literally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't pass that one up. Noon, they're out to having lunch. The phone rings. Debs goes, hey, somebody wants to talk to a pastor. And my first response, of course, was, they're out to lunch. <laughs> I mean, I, back then, I couldn't even, I mean, I just couldn't fathom the whole th what notion. I came from construction. Now I'm working on a church staff. My, the best I had at the time was moving my stapler and paper clips to this side of the desk, looking out the window and moving them back. I had zero idea. What the heck am I doing here? The phone rings. They said, she goes, they need to talk to a pastor. And, and Deb, she still works on our staff today, clearly said, Rob, pick up the stupid phone. <laughs> okay, I'll get there. Yes, may I help you? My father's dying. I need you to come to Castle right now. And I need a pastor. Okay, thank you. So what do I do? I went looking for where those guys were at. And I'm driving around Kailua. At our time, the office was at the Kauai Palms Plaza. I'm cruising through Kailua. How many restaurants could there be? You know, hit Jack in the Box and the Chinese restaurant, and I was just cruising the street. No, go. I go all the way back to the Kauai Palms Plaza. I go, Dad, are they back? What are you doing here? And I realized right then, I got to do this. And I had no idea what to do. You know, part of my personality, you hate to look bad. Anybody like that? Everybody in this room, no one wants to look bad. I'm thinking, what do I got to say? I'm going to look stupid. You know, I don't know what to do. So I drive, and I'm just shaking all the way to Castle High Hospital, all the way going, oh, what am I going to do here? Here's my point. Listen to me carefully. The second, the second I hit the ICU doors, just, I'm walking all the way down the hall going, oh, good grief, what am I doing? Hit the doors, and something came over me right then. And I had such compassion. It's a gift of mercy. I know that. A gift of mercy. In the word it says that he gives us a gift of mercy. A supernatural gift comes to us. The second I hit the door, I felt like I had mercy for this family. And I walked in that room, and it was full of people, and the person was clearly hooked up to every machine known to man, and I just went right into action. It had zero to do with Rob. All I had to do, though, to ignite... The Holy Spirit in my life was what? Show up. All I had to do was hit those doors. And he says the same thing to you. Every day the Lord gives you an assignment, some small, some enormous. 
they're there. And I want you to know, the word clearly says this morning that he gives us the grace to give to those people. He gives us the services to give to those people, the heart to give to them, and he gives us, and gives us the energy to do it. I love what it says in, in, in the, um, the way the message ver- version writes. He goes, God's variety of gifts are handed out to everyone, but they are originated from God's spirit. God's variety of sp- ministries are carried out everywhere, but they are originated from the God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind them all. Here's the key to me. Each person is given something to do to show that God is God. That's why he saves you. But he's also gifted you to make that happen. Look what it says in, in verse 7. He goes, the spiritual gifts I'm given. Wow, I'm doing really good on time. Hmm. The spiritual gifts I'm given to each of us so that they can help one another. To one person, the Spirit is given the ability to give wise advice. And to another, the Spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to, to another, and to someone else, He gives a spirit to, to, of, of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and to another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether the message is from the Spirit or from God, or, or another spirit. Still, to another person, he gives the ability to speak in an unknown language, and to another, the ability to interpret it. And while I have the time in this morning, I just want to read to you some other places. The gifts of the spirit is not in, the spiritual gifts, it's not in one exhaustive list. Remember what I read in First Peter, it said, he gives us gifts from his great variety of gifts. So, Clearly, the Lord is not wanting us to sit and worry about what the, exactly the gift is. He wants you to know it, but he doesn't want you to get hung up. Well, this is mine and mine only. He wants you to, I want you to know that when he gives you an assignment, he's going to give you all the gifts you need to do that. All of them. But let's just talk about it while I have the time. In Romans, the 12th chapter, write this down. In the verse 6, it says this, In his grace, God has given us different gifts to do certain things well. So if God has given you the gift to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If you have the gift to serve others, serve them well. If you have the gift to teach, teach well. If the gift to encourage people, be an encouragement. If you have the gift of giving, give generously. So if God has given you the ability to lead, lead with responsibility. And if you have the gift to showing great kindness, then do it gladly. Let me give you one more. In Ephesians 4, it says this, Now these gifts God has given to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the pastor. Their responsibility is to equip you, the people, to do his work, to build up the body of Christ. And in 1 Peter, it says this, Cheerfully share your homes with another. So that means you have a gift of hospitality. And share meals with others with love. God has given each of us a gift in a variety of ways to change the world around us. So, and, I'm, and we're going to talk about the ones he talks about in Corinthians. But just let me share a couple of those I just, you just talked about. The gift of serving. I, I mean, this is a gift that is an amazing gift. You know, I have some dear friends in my life who, like August Orlandez, somebody you might know, he just retired, he's 71 years old. If you need him to show up and help you, he instantly does it without even blinking. But that's the Holy Spirit working. Tim comes up here every day and helps us out out of his own love for the Lord and love for us. But it comes from a gift of serving. Vic over here. 
He, whenever I need Vic, man, he shows up. But that's not natural. Our natural inclinations, if we're working on our own, is I don't got time. I'm way too busy for that. You don't understand how busy I am. But when the Holy Spirit is in you, working through you, with the gift of serving, the minute somebody asks you to do something, you show up. Can you see that? The gift of encouragement we just talked about. What an amazing gift. What an amazing gift for the body. By the way, just to make sure, I don't want you to know that these gifts are for you to change the world around you, and especially the people live, sitting in this room right now. You're never going to be all that God created you to be. And you remember, masterpiece. When he created you, he put this in your heart. You're never going to be all that you could be until you really exercise your spiritual gifts and give them away. You're never going to be that person that God wanted you to be until you really understand that you have something to give others. But that gift of encouragement, Pastor Ralph has that gift. He has come up to people and said, oh, I really see the gift of pastoring in you, and do you realize 700 pastors have got out there, and I know most of those guys, especially in Hawaii, the 30 that are Hawaii, and all of them would go, there's no way I ever saw myself doing this. But see, God, through Ralph, gave them the gift of encouragement, which inspired them to change the direction of their life. Many people sometimes waver in their faith, in their friends, and their people around you, and all you do is go to them and say, man, I see something in you, and, I want you, to, I want, and you encourage them. Man, I'm so proud and thankful that you're in my life. And you make their day. You change their perspective on life. They are going in one direction. You change it, they're going in another. Do you understand that? Your gifts are meant to be given away. But let's look at what it says here in, in 1 Corinthians so we don't get too far off the, on verse 12. It says this. The first one was the gift of wisdom. This is a gift that the Lord gives us because how many know that most of the time we're in the people business 90% of what we're going to do, well, I guess what we would call it in the, in, the, in the secular world would be we'd be counseling people. But that's not what we're doing. We're not like sit down in this chair and you're counseling them. But you are. You're advising them. They come to you in tr with troubles and you're able to go to them and says, you know what? And you give them wise advice. Now, I want you to know this wise advice is not coming from you personally. It's coming through the Holy Spirit as a vehicle to the other person. And you're talking to that person as, and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you to that person. So you're giving them wise advice from the Spirit. Do you understand? And you can change people's perspective. That's the spiritual gift of wisdom. The spiritual gift, the next one was the spiritual gift of knowledge. And this is a, a gift that when you read the Word in your quiet time, and I surely hope you do, because if you're feeling like, man, I'm just not growing in my walk with the Lord, why don't those pastors teach better? There's, here's what I'm repeating back to you when I hear that. You're not in the Word, are you? So important to have a walk with the Lord. If you've got a phone, there's a ton of uh, reading schedules on there, but be in the Word. But the Word of knowledge is a, word, is, a, is a gift. When you read the Word, the Lord illuminates that Word. When you're reading the Word, that's, in the original language, that's called logos. But when you read the Word and it becomes alive to you, and there's revelation... It's the rhema of the word. My dear friend Paul Bryant, who was a part of this congregation for many years, moved to Louisiana, but I talked to him regularly. And just this week, he calls and goes, Rob, I have such a strong word. Now, when I say this, it's going to sound very simplistic to you. But when you get to the core of the Spirit speaking through it, listen to it carefully. He says, Rob, I was reading the word today, and there's such a difference between commitment and surrender. Because you can be committed to Christ, but you can't, don't have to be surrendered. But when you're surrendered, you are completely in. And when he said that, doesn't it sound simplistic? 
But when the Holy Spirit penetrated my heart, I go, wow, so true. We just got through vision made. Who's in all the way? Oh, brother, we're in trouble. Tammy, Tammy, George, we're in trouble. It's us three and no more. Who's in? in? But that comes, that comes from a surrendered heart to God and a committed heart to one another. And when I say committed heart, that means what we are realizing that we have spiritual gifts to pass on to the rest of the body. It says here we have the gift of faith. Now, every one of us in this room has faith. Every one of us does. But we're talking about a supernatural faith. When God, when you see the impossible and you're going, there's absolutely no chance that could ever happen. And then all of a sudden, the Lord really comes through you and says, wow. Yeah, I guess it can. It's taking the impossible and making it possible. Fifteen years ago, a part of my responsibility around here was this church property, building the property. And it was a, an amazing r- ride. How many of you were with me in that back then? Whoa. How many were with me back then? Not very many. Awesome. Many of you are new. When you drove up the driveway, did you see that forest on the right when you came up? See that forest? That was where the whole thing was. When we moved up here, it was a forest. Joe was out here with his chain- chainsaw. We were cutting people, cutting trees down, hitting people on the head. <laughs> it was a glorious time. <laughs> Joe didn't do it, but that actually did happen. What, what happens when you got 100 men and 100 chainsaws? Man, you level a forest in a hurry. Remember that? Oh, that was crazy, crazy. But it took us a long time to get there because uh, of the permits that we needed to be on this property and the complications. When you drove up that driveway this morning, the first 400 feet was wetlands. And, and I don't need to bore you with details, but you're not supposed to dr- build on wetlands at all unless you do something in return. So we had to come up with an idea. By the grace of God, we did. But when I, uh, my point is this. We were building this property, and our engineers and architects came to us, came to me on a Friday and said, Rob, we should abandon this project. There's got to be a better place for you. Why waste your money building this, on this property? And I had to relay that to Ralph and the rest of the leadership. These guys said, no way this is going to happen. You need too many permits, too many permissions. It's going to cost you too much. There's got to be a better piece of property than this mountain. And at the time, it was a mountain. And I would sit on this rock about halfway up this property, a big rock that had come down from the mountains many years ago, and I'd sit there and I'd pray, Lord, you better show up here because we're in trouble. That Friday, that weekend, Saturday, a person from the mainland came, uh, uh, Bryant Smith, and he walked the property, he understood moving dirt and all construction. He was an older man, probably in his early 70s at the time. And we walked this whole mountain, the whole thing. And he goes home, Monday morning, early, he calls me and goes, Rob, The Lord has given me the gift of faith this morning. I want you to know you're to tell your architects and engineers they're to go forward to this project with unrelenting, just go for it. Do not stop, do not pass, go, go. And he said this. Did you hear what I said? He gave us the gift, he used the gift of of faith. That means to me, this is right downloaded from heaven, thank you very much. Our architects and engineers, go. And today we sit on this property. But there's people in your life that, are, that need the gift of faith that's in your life, that you see something in them, and you really feel downloaded from the Lord that you're going to pass that on to them. They, they see nothing but a mountain in front of them that cannot be overcome, and you go to them through prayer, through the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, and say, yes, it can. That's the gift of faith. 
the gift of, gift of healing. What a gift we have. We have the Holy Spirit in us and the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it is great power. The word clearly says it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can lay hands on people. You can heal them physically, emotionally, relationally. It's an amazing thing that you have. And many of the people in your world could use a touch from the Lord. And you ha- it's not you healing them. It's the Holy Spirit through you healing them. And I hope you use that gift. And I hope you have the courage because you know what? Sometimes you're going to look bad if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to look bad if the Lord doesn't heal. First of all, it has zero to do with you healing. You, ha- you can't do it anyhow. But second of all, the Lord will give you the gift of faith to pray for that person. You understand? So he's giving you two gifts, the gift of faith and the gift of healing to handle that situation. Because remember, remember this, he doesn't give you anything you can't handle. But he has given you assignments. The next one is the gift of miracles. And you're thinking, oh, I've never seen a miracle. Miracles don't happen today. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. You don't, if you don't think they do, let me tell you. That prayer card you had several years ago, somebody wrote a, that prayer card out and said, I had a tumor on my neck. And the doctors clearly had the x-ray. I ha- that person has a tumor. They rushed her to surgery. That was, two days later, she had to get the surgery. The surgeon now does the MRI and the, and the uh, x-ray. He's got the one he, from her, her primary physician. Now he goes, oh, wait, we got a problem. We got a serious problem. Got the wrong x-ray. This isn't the right x-ray. Well, yeah, it was the right x-ray, but God had touched her so much that that tumor was gone. I mean, you have x-rays, so, you know, it's not Rob talking. God showed up. Do you realize that you have that ability within you? Wait, do you realize you have that ability in you to change the circumstances in a miraculous, unbelievable way, unimaginable way? The Lord says, I want to give you that gift. And he gives you the gift of prophecy. You know, some, some prophets are, you know, like Pastor Kanani has and works in the gift of prophecy. You know, it's an amazing gift, but it's a, it's a gift that would say, the Lord would speak to you about giving a word of encouragement, a word of correction to someone else. When you're praying and you're feeling like the Lord's really saying, you know, I really need to tell this person this, that is the Holy Spirit working through you to give you a, a prophetic word for someone else. Well, many times when you first start using this gift, though, you're going to go, no, that's, no, I, don't, let me, I can't do that. No, no, I'm not doing that. But again, the gift of faith. But what, do, what was the most important thing that you have to do? Show up. And the Lord will give it to you. And the gift of discernment is a great gift. Because many times we're doing, I do premarital counseling, I did a lot of it in the past. And I remember this one time I was sitting in the room and I was talking to the couple about finances. This is about the fourth week in. And you know, a, a premarital a couple has got the, got the you know, everything's polished and clean. We don't want to look bad in front of the pastor thing you know, going on. You know, no rust, just perfectly, everything's fine. And the Lord is speaking to me, I mean, yelling at me in my ear, say this, and I'm, and I'm wrestling with him, going, there's absolutely no chance I'm saying that. <laughs> and we're going on, we're battling back and forth as we're, they're talking, I'm talking, I'm literally, and finally I said, okay, forget it. I said, are you beating your wife physically? And all of a sudden, her wife, the, wife, the girlfriend just went, poof, and just started bawling. I mean bawling, uncontrollably. Because, see, that was what we found out was that was the untouchable thing in counseling. You will never bring that up. I'll get my help on my own. How many know that wasn't going to work out? But when the Lord brought it to light, they're happily married 20 years later today with children. 
He got the help he needed. But what if the Lord, I didn't decide to say, you know what, that's just, I'm not going to embarrass myself. I could be way wrong. I could be hearing God wrong. But look what happened. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about someone you're talking to, and the Lord's talking. You've got to say this. I want you to give you today. I want to give you the courage to say it. But none of these gifts, and we're, we're, there's the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation, the gift to be able to talk in an unknown language to you. I know there's a big controversy in the church, but this is not, this is not one of those gifts, because many people, oh, I don't want that one. You ever have a Christmas tree and leave a gift for your, with your name on it that you, unknown to you and didn't unwrap it? That's not possible. <laughs> the only way that's possible is you wrap yourself a really nice gift to put on the tree. Oh, you want to open this? Yeah, nah, I know what it is. <laughs> but when you have one that you don't know and it's sitting there, what are you going to do? You're going to wrap, unwrap that thing crazy. <laughs> and I want you to know that gift is available to you and the gift of interpretation. The three, the, the verse 12, uh, chapter 12 we're in now, chapter 13, chapter 14, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But I want to talk to you one more thing before we leave. That none of these gifts can be done, only, can only be done out of love. In 1 Corinthians, the t- 13th chapter, it says this in verse 1. It says, if I could speak with all the languages of earth and of angels, and I didn't love another, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I had a gift of prophecy, and if I could understand all of God's secrets, and I possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I did not love another, it would be nothing. And if I gave everything I had to the poor, and I sacrificed my body, and I could, I could boast about it, but I did not love another, you would gain me nothing. So all the gifts I'm talking about, all the lives I, the Lord wants you to touch, it has to come from a washed a washed heart of love for that other person. You come with that person in love. And the Lord will move mightily in your life. Can you imagine a church working together with all of our spiritual gifts, encouraging one another? Because the gifts are for us to give away to us in this room as well. Can you imagine how unstoppable this church would be if we really understood the power and the gifts available to us to share with others? We would turn this world upside down. And by the way, you would turn your world upside down. You would leave a legacy long beyond your life if you just use the gifts God gave you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we came here this morning to hear from you, Lord. And I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would be speaking to us right now, illuminating those spiritual gifts in our life, Lord. That you would be, that you would use them in miraculous ways, Lord. That you would give us the faith to work out our gifts to, to other people, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. And Lord, many of us in this room have never unwrapped them and discovered them. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to do that this week, that we would never let a day go by that we didn't realize there was an assignment for you and you've gifted us to change other people's lives, Lord. And I pray that in Jesus' name this morning. And Lord, there's some of us in this room that don't and can't have the spiritual gift because they've never come into an awareness of you. They've never come to a place where they said, Lord, Come into my life and change my life, Lord. And I pray that this morning, anyone in this room who has not come to a place where they say, Lord, be the Lord of my life, I pray, I give you, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right this moment. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made. And it'll be the greatest gift you've ever received if you're willing to do that this morning and say, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I want you to change my life. And if you want to do that with me, I want to give you that opportunity. But I want to know who's praying with me. So at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and show me. 
and boldly say, yes, I want you, Jesus. On one, two, three, raise your hand. Yes, I see you. That's awesome. Yes, I see you. That's awesome. Thank you. Let's pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, first we just come before you humbly, Lord, and realize that you're the creator of me and of this universe and that you've called me personally to be your son and daughter. And I ask you humbly, Lord, for forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you change my heart. The very person I walked in this door today would be different than the one that walks out of this door this morning, Lord. That you'd wash me clean with your blood. Lord, I just praise you and thank you for choosing me as your son and daughter. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, one of the best ways to understand what your spiritual gift is, is for you to recognize that gift in others. My friend Sam here, my awesome friend Sam and Joe, this guy is awesome and I want you to know he has a gift of serving. And I've told him that. He loves to serve others. But if you recognize the spiritual gift in others, give that gift to them of letting them know what that gift is. Okay, Trevor, where is Trevor? Trevor, take us home. <laughs> you guys catch that? Did you hear that? All right. Um, that was a good word today, right? Um, I just want to 